Niner Faithful. How's everybody doing today? We'd like to thank you for joining us to Fan Interaction Tuesday. We're going up on a Tuesday. You know how we do. But um, we're just going to go ahead and wait for Adam. Cool. Uh, say he's just calling in in a minute. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wait for Adam. But uh, we got some big news that broke yesterday. Uh, Robbie Gold went ahead and signed a four-year contract through the year 2022. Um, the last two years are option that can be picked up by the Niners. Uh, the contract's fully guaranteed as far as I read. But, I mean, it's good to have Robbie in red and gold. We all know that he was going to at least play this season. But um, I was actually surprised that it was a four-year deal. Um, you know, rumors, of course, being that he wanted to play for Chicago. So, it's pretty interesting. Oh, thank you. It was pretty interesting to hear that uh, he decided to stick for four years. But um, go ahead, everybody. And we're going to join in. Wait for everybody to join in. Oh, hope everyone's having a blessed week so far. We're going to go ahead and get up to the study room. If I didn't miss my floor. Okay, good. I caught it just in the nick of time. Uh, yeah, we're heading to the office right now. This is just a wonderful episode. Um, oh, boy. Anyway. Oh, okay. So we see somebody. What's up, Orlando? How you doing, brother? Thank you for coming in today. But um, go ahead, everybody. And I went to the third. Go ahead, everybody, and drop your comments, your questions, everything in. And uh, go ahead and call in if you have the CastBox app. We're trying to make a affiliate code because I'm not going to be promoting people downloading an app unless I'm getting paid for it. I mean, you know how that is. But um, so, oh. I hopefully Adam will be joining us soon. But um, another thing that uh, on the Niners website right now, they have a, a pretty cool video of T.O. breaking down different different plays of his favorite plays in Niner in his Niner career. And so it's kind of cool to see T.O. talk about and break down um, his opinion and what he saw in different plays and everything like that. Because anybody who listens to our uh, Sunday show – knows that I'm a huge T.O. fan. I mean, T.O., Jerry's the greatest, but uh, T.O., I mean, that was my boy. You know, I, I definitely had a uh, wore my T.O. jersey with pride back in the late 90s, early 2000s. But uh, I believe probably 02 was when I first got my T.O. jersey. But um, I actually have an authentic one right now that the OG uh, chapter brother Ruben hooked me up with. So uh, I'm going to be wearing that uh, week one when he gets inducted into the Niner Hall of Fame. And they go ahead and put his number up on the ring of honor. But we're in the room. Oh, Adam's joining right now. And how you doing? TJ, my man, thanks for having me on. How you doing? Oh, you know, just living another day in Northern California paradise. Yes, sir. Well, I'm living another day in Southern California paradise, my friend. Well, there you go. Uh, good to be on and uh, hope everyone's doing well out there. Yep, yep, yep. So um, I went ahead and started off by talking to about Robbie Gold. And um, I mean, the four year contract, I was actually personally surprised it was four years just because, you know, we had discussed on, you know, Niner Faithful Radio, our normal show, 
that, you know, it was pretty right. obvious he wanted to go to Chicago. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously we can go ahead and say, I mean, how much at the end of the day, I think that's definitely where he'd rather be at, in my opinion. But I mean, you can easily argue, too. It was just like the ultimate, um, you know, bargaining and leverage standpoint to be able to get his money. Um, it's not a true, true, legit four year deal. I'm not sure if you've seen some of the details yeah. already, but pretty much it's potential out after two years. It's pretty much the two first full years are pretty much fully guaranteed um i looked at some of the actual contract breakdown and obviously we can get into that a little further on sunday um but i wasn't able to really see any numbers as far as like if you cut after post june 1st um which is not going to happen not this year but i would be talking about like after next season or in 2021 for example or whatnot um what i really want to see is if you trade him possibly next offseason how much dead money would the 49ers possibly possibly be taking on you know that's a that's a very good solid point you know i didn't um i I saw some some posts bs is over with and let's get to work well yeah i had seen a few posts that had talked about numbers i think it's like four million or something but i didn't see anything with dead uh dead money or uh you know if we traded them i hadn't even thought about that i mean maybe you know we go ahead and trade them next offseason you know, or maybe I, I don't know. So you were you either cut off for a second or it was on my end. Hold on, uh, is that better? Is it better? Um, yeah, seems to be a little better now. Okay, but, cool, uh, cool. Sorry, cool. I wasn't able to hear your sentence. Uh, yeah. For a second. Yeah. So, um, I'd, I'd be curious about to see if we traded him next off season about as far as the dead money and everything is concerned too. I believe right. what yeah. I read is it. Uh, I think it was. By April, before the new league year next year is when we have to decide whether we want to pick up the option or not. Uh, it's either going to be the new league yet next year or the new league year 2021. When, when we have right. to, so that that's going to be curious as far as trades or if they went ahead and said, "Hey, Robbie, you know, uh, stick with us for these two years." You know, you want us to go ahead and trade you to Chicago. We'll go ahead and trade you to Chicago. Just give us these two years to find a replacement kicker or or whatever the negotiations were that decided it to, you know, go ahead and give him the option of. uh, Right. Um, You know, God knows what's happened behind the scenes. I definitely agree with you. Um, And I hate to be that conspiracy guy that's already thinking about next year and possibly trading him then. But I mean, honestly speaking, you know, you always got to be prepared for everything. And obviously you have to look at stuff down the road too, and not just obviously have a ton of vision for the upcoming season. But another thing I thought about is like, Hey, let's you'll go ahead and have your essentially your guaranteed pretty much fully guaranteed money for the next two seasons. And that way he has like a little security, even if he doesn't, I'm getting traded to the bears for some reason, because then he doesn't want to go through all that. Let's just say something kind of comes up during NFL NFL draft season next year. And you know what I mean? Maybe the bears make an aggressive offer. And obviously speaking, what goes into my mind is, Hey, let's go ahead and just give this another year run. You'll actually have security for the following season and possibly two more years. For example, if someone happens to trade for you like the bears. So, uh, so this is great all around. It gives everybody time. Like as, as far as this specifically season goes, like, you know, the Bears are going to do their thing. Obviously, Robbie Gold is locked up with us. But then he also has some partial security 
with this contract if anything were to happen. You know, it's, it's obviously, as we know, it's hard to trade people when they're on a contract year. I mean, same goes mm-hmm. for NBA and all that stuff. You just you're just not going to get back fair compensation. So maybe now things are a little different and maybe, you know, we'll see how things go. And also, I think the idea is because, you know, um, I believe it was something like 95, 97% of his field goals he's made for, I mean, Robbie Gold's Mr. Automatic. It's more of a shock that when he misses yeah. a field goal and then when, you know, when he makes it, but I say it on the side, you know, I have brought it up on, on the Sunday show with um you know Richard Sherman and I'll bring it up with Robbie Gold is everybody kind of just thinks that you know everything's going to be all good well father time's undefeated and you know there's only so many yeah. now I understand that you know kicker is in an a- athletic position as far as like corner but you know father time's undefeated and there's only so many kicks you probably got in the leg before you know you're you're done and so but I, I, I agree I but to be fair Kickers have a longer shelf life. Of course. Of course. If, look, if Robbie Gold is in the red and gold for the next four years, nobody nobody is going to be happier than me. I mean, Robbie Gold sealed a place in his heart when, when that game-winning field goal against the Sheacocks, you know, last year. That, that yeah. sealed his a place in, in uh, my heart for him for all eternity. Uh, anytime I see him, I'll, if you're listening, Robbie, which if you're listening, that's super, super dope. But uh, I highly doubt that you are. <laughs> anytime you see me in the bar, I personally have a beer with your name on it. I, I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, I would, you know, and like, let's not sit here and all of a sudden we're act like we were completely mad at him. And obviously, let's not take away the shit from social media and put too much weight on it when people overreact purposely to get attention or to just simply want to just to show their frustration. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's a business side kind of for the fans too. Sometimes, you know, by certain things happening, like I was just thinking yesterday, A, I was definitely caught off guard at one point at like yeah, four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock. I was like, oh, there's no chance he's going to possibly get an extension. Are you kidding me? Wouldn't even know if he's a guarantee to be there week one, even though mm-hmm. on the down low we pretty much did assume so because he's not going to be missing out on those games or on those, on those paychecks. No. But I was just like, I just thought to myself, I was like, you went through, we went through all this just to eventually like, so you pretty much did all this to skip the entire off season and, and to possibly get a little um, extra guaranteed money for the following season, because pretty much it does come down to that. And that's pretty much the situation in my opinion, because let's just say he would have played that played under the franchise tag this season. And then he played under the franchise tag the following season. He would get more actual guaranteed money that way. And yeah. once again, this isn't a running but be afraid for his life to get hurt this upcoming season. You know what I mean? So it pretty much coming it came down to literally like skipping the off season and and, and squeezing out some some guaranteed money that he could have got anyways from paying, playing for a following season on the franchise tag. I don't know. I was obviously caught off guard, but yeah, it kind of what it is. It, what what personally threw me off was, um, you know, last I heard they were they were far apart on contract negotiations, and so what kind of threw me off is is, you know, what happened. Obviously, you know, we, we'll never know. But oh, by the way, hi Kim. Uh, you know, Kim says hello. But so um, uh, what threw me off is is you know. Oh my God, they're so far, you know, tables are, you know, negotiations are off the table. I want to trade to all of a sudden, you know, at the 11th hour, you know, things get done. Now, I think that's my curiosity. If I could be a fly on the wall would be, okay, well, who folded? Because clearly that means if if you're so far apart on the 
contract negotiations that a player or a franchise shuts them down, you know, and just says, okay, fine, you know, we'll revisit right. this or whatever. And and then all of a sudden, you know, you see the contract come out at the 11th hour. It's, okay, well, who folded? You know, did the Niners finally just say, hey, well, what do you right. want, Robbie? You know, okay, here you go. Or, you know, was it Robbie sitting mm-hmm. there saying, because I, I – from everything I know, from nothing, nothing but Niners, I know they got into this a little bit as far as ourselves. Um, Lockdown 49ers, you know, every, every fan cast you could possibly think of, you know, covered this situation. Was it was pretty much like, look, this is a kicker. And so, you know, how much negotiating now, this is the best kicker in the league, but, you know, still it's a kicker. So, I mean, you know, tips, I, I tip right. my, I, I tip my cap to Mr. Robbie Gold for, hey, you, you, got a, you got yourself a little bit of a fatter paycheck, you know, or, or yeah. I wouldn't say fatter paycheck. You got yourself a little bit more, a little more security. security. You got yourself a little bit more security, which a player at his age is obviously looking for. And, sure, sure. You, you know, and you got to kick it during the offseason and not, you know, be sweating your balls off in Santa Clara. <laughs> so I took my cap. Right. And, and, right. I agree with you. And honestly speaking, I think that's when I'm, once again, I don't want to irritate anybody out there. God knows who's listening at the moment. Anywho, um, but if you are, big shout out to y'all. But that's when I brought up too, like when you brought up the fact of like who folded first. I also think it could be a plan C scenario of like, all right, once again, we've reached a deal where you now you do kind of have some financial security. And obviously it could turn, it could be a two-year deal. It could be a three-year deal. It could be a four-year deal. Like I said, there is an out to get yeah. after two years, but I think this is also good too, like I said, from a standpoint of let's just say maybe next year the 49ers are able to get a different kicker. Like I said, there might be another Mitch Wisnowski from the draft. You yeah. know what I mean? And I don't want to act like Mitch Wisnowski is going to be a pro bowler, but it could be a guy the 49ers really liked as a kicker coming out of the draft. Um, so it could be a situation where, like I said, now the 49ers have a little leverage. Robbie Gold has a little leverage in terms of – Maybe they're able to get more proper value next season once again if they have somebody else in line to maybe trade them to let's, – let's bring it up again to the Bears where um, then he's not worried about the Bears getting cheap on him. He's already kind of getting locked in an actual – he's already locked in a contract. Right, that's you know what I mean? Just continues to get the same money he would have got with us. So also that scenario in my opinion, but yeah, who well- knows? And also what gets kind of interesting is the only reason he's a Niner is because the Bears kind of tried to cheap out on him before, you know, and that's, and that's kind of what all of a sudden this demand for Chicago kind of threw me off guard. Cause it's like, how short is your memory, bro? Cause last time I treat, last time I checked, they didn't didn't exact now. It's of course, he didn't do that well in Chicago his last season. Well, that, and also I I think what it is, is is sometimes, Statistically, I think sometimes what you um, look, let's be realistic. They probably figured he was on his last leg. You know, how much longer did he really have? You know, father times undefeated. We're not going to, you know, give uh, strictly strictly going downhill. Exactly. You know, how how much are you willing to play a kicker into his late 30s, you know, early 40s, you know, whatever he was was seeking from the Bears. So but also, you know, I think that playoff loss last year, you know, that kind of. you know, that kind of, I think, woke some people up and made it realize how important a kicker is. Just go ask Bill's, you know, Bill's Mafia how important a kicker is. You know, they lost a championship Man. off of a missed field goal. So, you know, when the news broke, my kind of overall reaction was cool. You know, I'm happy. Like, yay, Robbie Gold, you know, 
And sure. you know, I, I know I saw some people that are like really a kicker. And, I, you know, and that was my initial reaction was, well, go ask Bill's Mafia how, how you know, important. Or even the Patriots. Go ask Tom Brady. Yes. Go ask the Tom Brady. I don't think it was the kicker's fault. The ball actually got tipped, but people were saying he never should have been in that position. But I also just want to add this before I forget. How do you the real like you brought up age and all that, which is which is true, even though once again I can argue that kickers have a longer shelf life. Of How do you do did you really wanna go back to Chicago when obviously you didn't do that well um your last year there? But as you are getting older, as we know, you can have a slight little drop off on kicking power. How do you not want to play in, in, in California for eight games out of the 16. Like, obviously, he's only missed three kicks total, if I'm not mistaken, the last two years with the 49ers. Yeah. It's like things are going pretty damn good for your career here, dude, and you want to screw that up going back to the cold and possibly mess with your statistics, which could end up actually hurting your paycheck within a year or two, maybe three, you know? Like, I don't know. Exactly. But, uh, and You know, I'm sure he saw the Bears in the playoffs and all that and thought I could have made the difference, you know what yeah. I mean? So. Hopefully, if we get back to the playoffs, he'll be more than happy. Or maybe his whole mindset, like, well, changes. I don't know. To to, to wrap it up, because you know we're, we have to save you know some for the show on Sunday. But but to basically wrap it up, I mean, my overall, the only part I got, I don't try to get booty tickled when it comes to contract negotiations and what's being said by who, just because you know sure. it's contract negotiations. You know, things it's can kind of part of the game. I get it. Or also, just like if you if you take a baseball reference real quick, arbitration. Well, what's the arbitration meeting? Arbitration meeting is basically when you have your franchise pick apart your game, you know. And that's why I think a lot of players and a lot of franchises don't like to go to arbitration because a they don't like to you know have something decided for them. And also, I wouldn't want to sit in a meeting where you know my boss, my my coaches, my GM, who, who whoever you know is representing the organization is going to sit there and rip apart my game, you know. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, that's why I, I, I tend not to get into, you know, contract negotiations. But the whole thing that kind of kind of threw me for a loop was, you know, he said, well, I want to win. And I was like, OK, so if you want to get traded from us, does that make it think that you're not we're not going to win this year? Because, you know, right. that, that right. part just threw me off because. You know, I don't really focus so much on the players already on the roster just because, I mean, which Richard Sherman, Jimmy G. Cool, you know, George Kittle, Joe Staley, et cetera, what are they supposed to say? Oh, my God, we're going to be garbage this year. You know, you might as well not even – I mean, you know, what are they going to say? Every team says that, oh, yeah, we're going to win, you know, all that. But I listen to what free agents say. You know, I really listen to – not even draft picks so much because draft picks really theoretically don't have a choice, which will get us into our next subject. But – um. I listen to what free agents say because they have a choice. You know, D, D Ford was traded, but, you know, Quan Alexander had places he could have gone. You know, there are various players that, that you know, especially, you know, undrafted free agents as well. And the vibe I've gotten from them is is they really think that this might be a real deal. Now, I don't, I don't think that they're screaming out championship or bust, but, you know, right. I don't see us going 5-11 this year. You know, and I don't think there's anybody in that no, locker room yeah. that does. So that that kind of was what threw me off. But um, speaking of contract negotiations, um, I saw that, you know, somebody had asked me a question about this. And, you know, generally how I do things, if one person asked me, that means, you know, I think about the 10 other people didn't ask me. Um, yeah. I have not heard anything as far as Debo Samuel or uh, Nick Bosa go as far as contracts are negotiated, uh, contracts are concerned. 
they officially have uh, nine days. I know that um, Solomon Thomas signed his the day uh, training camp. Yeah, he literally like ran out there like 10, yeah. 15 minutes in a warm up. Like I, I literally think that the, the story I, heard, I don't even. I literally heard the story that I heard was he showed up at the facility, went immediately to John Lynch's office, signed the contract, ran down to the locker room, changed in, you know, practice gear. And he didn't participate in practice, but, you know, he was there, you know, weigh-ins, yeah. things of that nature. Because the first day of training camp, they really – Oh, I remember him running out on the field. Yeah. Well, no, he participated in some. But he didn't participate because well, most of right. I'm sure extremely day, limited. Yeah, exactly. And most of most of the first day of training camp is um, mostly drills and conditioning and things of that nature. You you probably get in a very yeah. very little extra you know, Exactly. Well, sure. and also the, to test where the players, you know, um, conditioning is. You know, how well did they actually really focus on on? Um, and so I have not heard anything about Nick Bosa or Debo Samuel. Um, of course, as, as I'm pretty sure everybody's the case news is partially news. Instead of a report coming out that, once again, far apart, you know, the 49ers yeah. are trying to be cheap in this area. So I'm hoping it's a case of, you know, going under the radar is a kind of a good thing. I'm not stressing on it. The 49ers know how damn huge this year is. This is not the year to play. So uh, that's why I'm not worried. You know, I think it's – so because the, the salary and, every, and contract, you know, um, years and all that are set. So usually what I've always heard is what gets caught up in these no negotiation is, is the language, you know, where the outs are, how often right. you pay out guarantees, things of that nature. I would be yep. This is the reason I, I bring it up is I'd be curious. Do you think there's a, um, I think what would, my personal opinion on what holding up Nick Bosa, as far as um, his contract is concerned is I think it's going to be out about social media or, or, I won't say social media. I will say um, certain views. You know, we're, we're not going to go down that road again, but, you know, certain views. And, yeah. and you know, <clears throat> I would like to think after th – this would be my – what I would tell John Lynch. I, I would hope after the Reuben Foster situation, you would realize that, you know, things can turn ugly, you know, pretty, pretty fast. You know, sure. and so I would hope that they would try to be in a – contract negotiate um they would try to put in some type of out for that you know as far as you know no more guaranteed or, or whatever like that and that injury you know uh beyond the social media if they didn't have a contract uh, uh out in this contract for social media i'm not going to be mad my my concern would be as far as outs is is if i'm john lynch i'm saying look an injury out is non-negotiable i'm sorry for a player that only played a thousand snaps in college you know, or I think it was like 1,042 or whatever, but basically 1,000 snaps sure. in college. And um, I think was – I don't even think it was – he made it through his first practice before his hammy was acting up. I'm sorry, but I'm not not putting an injury out in a contract for a player who – I think it was – Let's be I realistic. It was the second, second day of rookie minicamp. Okay. So – but let's be realistic. Uh, the biggest knock I heard consistently about Nick Bosa was injury concern. I mean, I'm, I'm that we all know that 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 was very well documented. So for a player whose knock, only knock I really ever heard coming out of college was injury concern. Yeah, I, I'm thinking obviously Nick Bosa doesn't want that, you know. But I mean, I, I, I would. 
because I don't, know, don't you think that's a tough that's a tough line of injuries? Like it's not like he got injured in back to back college seasons. Well, yeah. I don't want that's I mean that's why we discuss things, but just so everyone is all on the same page, he tore his ACL in high school. Obviously, came back, beasted, went to Ohio State, whoop de whoop, and then he got you know a freak essentially uh, um, sports hernia. Um, yeah, obviously injury. And, uh, you know, he talked about it like he was like, yeah, that was like he's like, you know, it affects like how you breathe and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if you've seen the video, it's, you can tell it's something you like he it's, uh, you know, it's pretty much something. It's something so small, but it can have such a huge effect, um, obviously, as, as you can tell by him sitting out the rest of the season. And that was partially just playing it safe one. You know, we've talked about it before during NFL draft time. You know, if he was a 49er, would he have come back if we're, you know, next thing you know, it's the wild card game and he hadn't played the majority of the season. But, you know, he he was pretty much kind of saved for the hopes of if we make the playoffs, he'll be able to play. Yeah, I think that definitely, you know, because he has his guaranteed money or he would have had it. Let's just say, obviously, because he would have signed his rookie contract. Right. So if he's a 49er last season, let's just act like the same shit happens. Let's just say we happen to get into a wild card. I think he would have played, in my own personal opinion. So I think yeah. it's just a little extreme for a little grade one hamstring strain to once again, like during a time or you're, you're worried about the whole season. That is not the time to push him, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. totally understand. But I think it's still blown out of proportion, in my opinion. Well, I, I'm not saying that, like, oh, my God, he, he's, you know, he's made out of glass or anything like that. I think sure. that, that hamstring strain is for not playing a fo- football for almost a year. You know, yeah, I, I don't care. What, I don't care what kind of shape you're in. You know, I, I don't. I, I honestly, he didn't get hurt at the combine, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not. I'm not concerned. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. If you haven't played football in a year, you're not just going to be able to jump right into football practice. Especially considering that we all know training for you know the forty or the bench press or the vertical jump is a lot different than for football practice. Right. You know, I mean, training for. I think a 40 you also have to think about it. Right, you're 100 percent right. I think you also have to think about a little bit from the Sherm aspect of you got to remember he's he was working relentlessly hard to get back to his old form. Yeah. So that's why I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised one bit by a little itty bitty hamstring grade one strain. Like I said, the guy was working hard to get back to all form, and sometimes when that happens, you're gonna have a little setback. But hopefully, it's for a major comeback and he can get back to his uh, elite level. And by the way, I want to throw this out there because we were pretty much all in at one point of. Bosa, Josh Allen, or even Brian Burns, for example, right? Josh Allen actually had a little injury as well, and the Jags decided to play it safe, and he missed pretty much the majority of the all OTAs as well. Well, yeah. Just throwing that out there, Josh Allen could have been a 4-9er, and this shit would have happened. Exactly. So, I mean, look, you know, I personally think if, like you said, wild card weekend, Nick Bosa's playing with that hamstring. You know, so I think it was just – Oh, I was was saying – Sorry, I just yeah. want to be clear, and sorry to cut you off. I was saying, let's just act like he had the hernia surgery had the hernia oh, surgery yeah. last year, in the beginning of the season. Let's just fast forward and act like the the four nines would have got a wild card spot last year. You know, people were talking about like obviously he just decided to uh, to sit out to play it safe, um, so he doesn't get some like serious serious type of injury. Let's just say like torn ACL or some shit, and then next thing you know, God knows what happens in his draft draft stock status. So I was just saying, if he was a 49er last year, for example, the po- possibility that he maybe uh, would have played in a, a wild card playoff game if we, we happened to be in one last season. Of course, of course. And so uh, now Debo Samuel, I haven't even heard anything as far as um, I'm actually 
I'm actually shocked. Um, you know, I know that usually it's first rounders that, you know, it goes yeah. deep into the offseason. Usually it's not. A matter of fact, I remember we, we signed Dante Pettis pretty quick last year. You know, uh, he, he was under contract. So I have no idea what it is with Debo Samuel. I, I wouldn't think it would be there's, you know, not a lot of injury concern or or anything like that. So I think that, oh, yeah. that, that looking great. when you when you look at the, the, the two picks that aren't signed, the, and, and, you know, a 49er, pre, uh, you know, preview, season previews pretty much have those probably being besides maybe, you know, Jimmy G. Cool and, and you know, the tackle boys, as I like to call them, you know, um, Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey or Joe McGlinchey. And that's what I'm going to call him, Joe McGlinchey. Um, so, you know, those probably are, you know, Debo or whatever. But but uh, Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel are, are very two important pieces. So I don't think that this would be a situation where the Niners would risk any any type of not coming into training camp. You know, I, I think that you'll you'll within the next week i think you'll probably see uh debo sign first and probably the morning of training camp at the latest you'll see nick bosa sign i don't think he's going to because uh this is the only thing and even the reason i bring it up is uh uh pro football focus a talk or whatever the, the show they have on youtube brought up the fact is that you know these contracts are set and that apparently, you know, the John Lynch or Pragmarate or whoever had contacted Bosa's, you know, agent at the combine and pretty much had said that um, after the combine had pretty much said, hey, if, if Nick Bosa is there at number two, he, he will be our pick. So I'm assuming they, they came into some type of contract negotiations then, you know, type of thing. And, and oh, so yeah. that's the that's the only concern. Set the foundation for it, maybe. Exactly. Or at least just say, hey, what kind of numbers? You know, let's just talk numbers. Let's just ballpark and, and right. you know, figure out where we're coming from. And so, you know, here right. we are. And this is the agent's job to penny pinch for guaranteed money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, that's why I'm not like sweating it. I mean, it's they're, they're both both sides, the agents and the team are doing their due diligence to pretty much who's going to fold into giving up the most money type of thing. Um, as far as the 49ers giving up guarantees. And then obviously it's the agent's job to squeeze out every last penny. So that's why I'm not sweating it. Yeah. These are rookies. So every little penny, quote unquote, counts for them, even though it's not true. The freaking guys are going to be millionaires anyway, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, it's just it's just part about squeezing out. Hey, the more money you squeeze out, that's the less the player gives up to the agent in terms of, you know, he's going to squeeze more money for them. And obviously the, the player pays the agent. So, if anything, the player looks at it like, yeah, go ahead and squeeze out every last penny because that's kind of like – because you got me more money, it's kind of less that comes out of my own yeah, pocket exactly. if I would have just settled for something, you know? And, and you know, I think that – let's not think that Nick Bosa doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, you know, his father, his uncle, and his brother, you know, have all been in this situation before, so – Nick Bosa is not going to get taken right. advantage of. But, you know, I, the thing I, I love is that everything that I've seen and heard is, you know, he's, he's out working with Joey, getting ready for the season and everything oh, yeah. like that. So it's not like he's sitting on his ass eating cheeseburgers, you know, you know, waiting for the contract yeah. to be signed. 
So, you know, I remember like we talked about it before too, mm-hmm. Joey knowing the scheme, because obviously we have a lot of similar, a lot of similarities with obviously Gus Bradley and Robert Sala both coming from the P. Carroll tree. So it makes me, it makes me happy that, yeah, even though he missed majority of OTAs, trust me, he has that four nineers playbook and I'm sure he's going a lot, a, low, a lot of stuff over with his brother, Joey. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that makes me feel good. Like, you know, defensive line and edge rushers, they say sometimes, you know, you can make a case for both sides. Some people say it's one of the easiest to transition into because you're pretty much just doing your own thing. You just have to know your responsibility and, you know, pretty much just flat out and go get after it. And uh, so that, that's why I'm not sweating it too much. It's not like a quarterback situation or, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, one of those types of cases where it's something that's really hard to kind of transition to the NFL. So uh, I, I think Nick you know, Samuel, I guess you can, you can kind of make a point, obviously – you know, but once again, you know, the guy has some form of playbook, you know, oh, he could be hanging out with whatever, um, four Niners wide receiver, them scan the whole damn, everything is on iPads and stuff these days. So don't worry. He, these guys are learning the scheme behind the scenes, even though they're not technically under contract is where I'm getting it. Well, yeah, I, I, I would be more concerned with Debo just because you've always heard how Shanahan's offense is so complex to learn, but uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, he's studying his playbook. I would be concerned if he wasn't, um, and Nick Bosa, I mean, let's not act like he's committing brain surgery. You know, his job is very simple. You see that man dropping back with the football, go get him. Like, <laughs> that's his job, literally. You see that quarterback right there, go get him. That's that's basically Nick Bosa's job. I mean, you know, yeah, of course, he'll, he'll develop in a, 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 you know, three-down player and all that. But um, I was actually thinking about this the other night and going back and listening to um, – Part of when Ian Williams, uh, big shout out, thank you, uh, Ian, for coming on again. But Ian Williams, when, when we interviewed him and h- him talking about, you know, the plan that they had with Alden Smith. And I kind of almost see Nick Bosa in that similar type of role. Right. I don't necessarily. Now, that does not to mean that he won't, you know, first snap, you know, week one against Tampa. He won't be on the field. But I, I think that I could see Bosa and, right. you know, and, at least for the first little bit of the season, only being used in pass rush situations to, to, to take less off his plate. I, I feel that the, the, the transition from especially defensive line in the NFL, it's more of a physical. You know, people are stronger, they're bigger, they're faster. You know, uh, offensive linemen in exactly. college are a lot, you know, I mean, imagine going up against Joe Staley, Mr. 15-year, you know, going to be 15-year vet, you know, who's who's been, you know, working out since you were in diapers, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, right. you know, he's the definition of grown man. And so, you know, you're not going up against an 18-year-old kid that still has baby fat in the NFL. You know, you're going against grown men. And so the physical aspect, I mean, to me, the only thing that you can, that would solve the physical aspect is A, practice, you know, and getting used to it and B, getting stronger. And so, you know, you can't ask, you know, uh, you can't ask Nick Bosa to put on 30 pounds of muscle in three months. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to give him some time. Uh, perfect uh, segue into um, the picture with Solomon Thomas. I mean, he looks jacked. Like, you know, and, and I was looking like, okay, Sully, you know. Oh, my uh, God. His body looks – I'll put it to you this way. Yeah, you can still see he has a little bit of gut, but his body looked way better than mine did at his age. And, you know – Seeing Solomon Thomas work out with Aaron Donald, that that uh yeah, that definitely brings a fat smile to my face. So um 
Big time. Um, so well, he's uh, helping out a division rival. That was a part of me. I was like, oh my god, I'm surprised Aaron Donald was nice enough to do so. <laughs> yeah, me too. But, me too. Uh, you but, know, I'm uh, sure he doesn't see Solomon Thomas like that, and I'm sure he knows Solomon Thomas's story too. Oh, so, well, of course. And, and shout out Aaron Donald for being a good human. Let, let, let's get let, let's get this real. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to pretend that everybody is best friends in the NFL. You know, and and you yeah. know all that, but I mean, these are players. You know, the, the, some of these players went to college together. I mean. It's almost the old age saying that, you know, there's only so many players in the NFL, so you're part of a selected fraternity. You know, yeah, there might be a thousand players in the NFL, but that's a thousand players out of how many people on this planet. So, you know, it's 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 not everybody's going to be best friends. Obviously, some people are closer than than others. But, you know, defensive linemen helping out each other, that doesn't seem too too shocking to me. I mean, You know, maybe we remember Michael Bennett with the Forrest Buckner or Armstead and stuff. And God knows how what some of these conversations go like after the game. I mean, I I can see Solomon Thomas like, hey, AD, like big fan, man, you know, all that kind of whoop de whoop. And uh, next thing you know, they're working out together now. So exactly. You know, um, it's a little bit different, you know, because they were on the same team. But imagine if we dropped, you know, develop. you heard stories about how um, Jimmy G. Cool grew up a, a huge Tom Brady fan. So, I mean, imagine, imagine, you know, um, we played the Patriots, you know, and, and Jimmy G. Cool didn't meet Tom Brady. I could see him jogging over and being like, hey, Mr. Brady, you know, huge fan, just want to come over. Because, I mean, think about it, you know. Oh, now? Especially when you're rookies. Oh, no, no, I was just theoretically. Oh, going back. Like, I was like, what? Yeah, especially if you're rookies. Uh, imagine if you're a rookie. So, yeah. you're an 18-year-old kid. Imagine if you're a corner. You know, you're an 18-year-old kid, you're a corner. And, you know, across the sideline is Richard Sherman. You know, uh, I would dare say that probably maybe Revis, but for an 18-year-old kid, probably the player that got him to play corner, I would think would be Richard Sherman. You know, if if I was able to play in the league with Jerry Rice and I was on the opposite team, you best believe I'm running over there and shaking Jerry Rice's hand. You know, I know a couple boys. Oh, yeah. A couple of players on um on my high school team that loved Dion. I mean, like Dion, that's the reason they played. You know, one of my boys was twenty one because of Dion. And I mean, if he made it right. in with Dion, of course he's gonna. So you know, these are players that you look up to. Like, hey, I model. You know, I could see Solomon going and saying, hey, I've modeled my game after you for years. You know, and him saying, oh, hey, why don't uh, why don't you come work out? Matter of fact, uh, there's a story about Akilo, who somehow his father was able to get a hold of his dad or his brother or somebody and was basically uh-huh. like, Hey, would you mind if, if Sherman, you know, worked with my son? And he said, well, I can give you one better. I'll just give you Sherman's trainer number. You know what I'm saying? Well, obviously fast forward, nice. Richard Sherman come, you yeah. know, a kilo second year, Richard Sherman comes on the, you know, so th- there's situations. I'm pretty sure when we played the Sheacocks, a rookie year, he walked up to Richard Sherman and was like, Hey, you know, I've always respected your game. And you know, it, it goes back and forth. These players all know each other. You know, the, the, I yeah, mean, how many players are things weren't like they used to, you know what I mean? Where they have to feel like they're, they're freaking scared for their life. Like a fan's going to come after them, you know, in the yeah. parking lot and, you know, bust yeah. one on them because of they ended up talking to the opposing team. You know, you see the jersey right. swaps and all that all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Jersey swaps. And I mean, let's get realistic. You know, most players don't stay, stay on the team long enough to really hate another team. I mean, I mean, think about it. You Actually, know, part of that can be recruiting for down the road. You know what I mean? You, you, know. don't, think, you don't think that um, 
you know, somebody went over and said, hey, Sherm, you know, or when, you know, when he was hurt on the sideline, like, hey, Sherm, you look real good in red and gold next year, brother. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I, I look at right. – to not not to of course jump around sports because it's a Niner show, but I mean, you don't think KD and Kawhi talked? Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, that was definitely. Uh, they talked at any point during the season. Yeah, they were talking last season during the season. I mean, they were all texting. I'm sure with each other. I wouldn't doubt if they were on a damn group chat. Exactly. Oh, I know. Exactly. Look, Adam and I are, are part of a couple of different group chats that we have with um, a few different people. So I'm pretty sure if we have group chats, they have group chats, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Especially, you know, uh, even little things like, hey, um, you know, when the schedule comes out, you know, texting you like, for example, you know, um, some rookies on Tampa Bay or some players that have never played in Tampa Bay, you know, or let's say some players who have never played in Cincinnati maybe texting a coach or something they know in Cincinnati, like, Hey, um, we're going to Cincinnati week two was wondering, uh, where's some good places to grab a bite to eat. You know what I'm saying? Texting fellow players right. or, Hey, you know, um, so-and-so is coming in for a free agent visit. What can you tell us about him? You know, those, those type of things happen sure. all the time. Especially if you have some like college ties, you know what I mean? If you put example, like Stanford connection, you know, there's always going to be guys and fellow alumni that are a different team. So exactly. And, you know, you, you're starting to see that a lot more, too, obviously, uh, you know, as, as far as showing love. Yeah, they used to be on the college team and whatever. So, you know, those relationships are going to continue um, just because they're paying, playing for opposing teams. Doesn't mean all of a sudden they're going to stop exactly. friends. Perfect example. Look at Christian or not show love. Yeah. Well, a perfect example. Look at Christian McCaffrey and, and Solomon Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Right, they right. They played, you know, their, their first game. You don't think that they, you know, took, I remember them doing the jersey swap and, you know, I'm saying they're college teammates. You don't think Sherm came over and John Lynch came over to, you know, get a little Stanford love picture, you know, especially John Lynch, who I believe played with Ed McCaffrey on, on the Broncos. I believe Ed McCaffrey is still. So he probably, you know, remembered Christian McCaffrey when he was in diapers, you know, because we all know that how close, um, you know, John Elway and John Lynch are. So, you know, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, Christian McCaffrey was running around the facility in diapers. And John Elway went to Stanford, too. Exactly. John Elway went to Stanford, too. So, you know. Uh, it's a brotherhood, you know. Exactly. It's a brotherhood. So, you know, it's definitely good to see. I love the thing I love the most about what Lynchahan has done with, with the franchise. And we'll go ahead and wrap it up here pretty quick. But um, what I love about what he's done most is, you know, I, I don't really – necessary buy into the fact that every person on your team needs to be a choir boy. You know, I do believe you need to have some, you know, everybody can't be, you know, Charles Haley that just, you know, won't cut it. You know, you put, you need some, <laughs> some dogs on your team. You know, I, I remember when, for sure. I remember uh, talking to a friend of mine who played a uh, linebacker for San Jose state. He was actually on the same team as Jeff Garcia. And I remember talking oh, nice. to him, and I was asking his opinion about Reuben Foster. And he says, well, you know, I said, you know, what, what do you think about the off-field stuff? And he goes, oh, let me guess. A line, he goes, a middle linebacker with an attitude problem. And he kind of looked at me like, you right. know. Um, you know, it's almost kinda, crazy to play that position. Exactly. That kind of comes with the territory. You kind of got to be a little crazy to play middle linebacker, you know, or a fullback with an attitude, uh, fullback with an attitude problem. Well, you, you're sliming right. in the linebackers your whole career, you know. So, yeah, you know you don't want to be Bruce Miller with it, but you know, 
Is it surprised that Bruce Miller had a little bit of an anger problem? Well, no. You have to sign in the linebackers for a living. You're, you're probably going to have – And a, he used to be a defensive lineman. you got to remember that. He exactly. transitioned to fullback. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, it, it's – you got to have some dog but, – but the thing that you must have, and I believe that we have, is hard workers. You know, I haven't heard about a player coming, you know, showing – I haven't heard, you know, rumor or, you know, having a, a beat writer send out a tweet like, oh, so-and-so looks real out of shape. You know, everybody comes in and, and looks like they're they're ready to work, you know, and um, that's definitely something. Those Instagram, that, those that Instagram we, videos are flying. Like I said, Debo Samuel, for example, has been looking freaking straight savage mode. Um, so it's, it's been nice. Seeing, everybody's getting ready. You can tell and, you know, you've seen George Kittle put in work, so – it, it, you can totally tell everybody's all in. I'll just leave it at that. Obviously, yeah. yes, you know, you can say, oh, it's a little fluffy, you know, just doing some workout, but it doesn't mean other guys are not working out either. But I'd like to say, obviously, by his opinion, that everyone's all in this year. And there's a ton of competition. So if you're not going all in, yeah, I mean, that, that's possibly your job. If not, you're going to be on the bottom of the death chart. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll put it, anybody that's not showing up to work will, will be weeded out very quickly this year. Um, you know, I think that, that, that there's enough that there's enough of, uh, you know, Lynch and Han have put enough of their stamp on the roster. Obviously, I would I would dare say what Defoe, Eric Armstead, Selig Time and Joe Staley are probably about the only Niners that weren't brought in by um, John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan. I mean, maybe there there might yeah. be a few more, but I'm out the top of my head. That's pretty much the only ones I can think of. So clearly, their stamp is on this roster. So there's a culture developed. You know, there's 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 enough leaders in the locker room now too. But let's look at that. That you know, the standard of how how the yeah. Niners practice, the standard uh, how the Niners practice will be um will be definitely. Definitely um, iterated to all rookies. But, um, oh, wow, somebody gave us applause. Thank you. So we're getting lots of love. Wow, 13 hearts. Oh, hey. I don't know if that's hard or <laughs> if that's a heart or love or anything, but we, we definitely appreciate the love. Um, we're going to go ahead and, and get up out of here. Um, the library is going to be closing here soon. So, um, But before we get out of here, of course, we'd like to thank everybody for listening. Go ahead and, and remind everybody to go ahead and join us Sunday on YouTube at 2.30 p.m. We will be quoting this week's episode of Niner Faithful Radio. Go ahead and follow Adam at 49ers Insiders on Twitter. Go ahead and follow Niner Faithful Radio on Instagram and Facebook at Niner Faithful Radio. And also go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Niner Faithful R. And go ahead and visit NinerFaithfulRadio.com forward slash shop to get all our merchandise and, and check out all our deals we have with our affiliates and also like Niner Faithful Radio Shop at Facebook. I think that about covers it. Uh, anything else, Adam? Well, 10 days away. 10 days away. Officially less than 10 days away from training camp. So uh, definitely fired up about that. Well, the gold's locked up. Yep. You know how juiced I am that, that we literally have one more show before training camp. Oh, also, yes. Um not everybody, of course, probably listens to the show that listens to Fan Interaction. So, so um, starting the 28th of July, we will be, I will personally be at every single training camp, open training camp practice. So on YouTube, um, go ahead and search Nine of Faithful Radio and subscribe because we are going to put out daily um, practice recap. 
videos on YouTube. Uh, that will strictly be just a YouTube thing. It won't be available on podcast. So go ahead and make sure to go to Nine Fifth Radio on YouTube to um, go ahead and subscribe to make sure, and hit the bell so you don't miss one of those videos. And then we will be recording uh, the twenty eighth, the same episode, um, the, the same day we start. We will be recording Nine Fifth Radio live from Levi's. So we will be outside of Levi Stadium to go ahead and record um, that episode of Niner Faithful Radio. I'm going to go ahead and see maybe if we can get a little tour of the museum or something. There's some things that we have possibly in the works, but um, you definitely want to make sure to subscribe on YouTube and not miss those videos. Um, Because for, especially for the faithful that live outside the Bay Area, you know, maybe you've never seen Levi's or anything like that. I literally live like, um, I'm sitting right now from maybe a half an hour light rail ride from Levi's. So I'm over at Levi's stadium all the time. So, uh, definitely check out those, vid- uh, those videos coming up. They'll be also dope. Um, so we will go ahead and we shall see everybody on Sunday. And for those who just listened to the fan interaction show, we shall see you again next Tuesday. Same bad time, same bad channel for super duper moderator, Kim for Adam and myself. You've been listening to Niner faithful radio fan interaction Tuesday. We shall see y'all next week. Till then, faith, love, and happiness. Go Niners. Take care, everybody. Go Niners. Yeah.